Welcome to episode 37 of The Pursuit of Love. We have quite a special episode for you today. Because today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be having a chat that I selfishly, personally, me, 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 Darcy, (laughs) have wanted to have for a very long time, but not just for me, but purely because I know you as the listener are going to get a hell of a lot out of this. We don't have a guest this week. Usually it's a Darcy, Steve, Matt sort of episode, but this week we are diving deep into the brain of the man that is Steve Clayton. Steve, you're our guest. Welcome, sir. Introduce yourself. <laughs> it's, it's great to be here. I'm a little bit nervous. So, long time uh, listener, uh, long time, yeah. long, also a long time host. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, this is going to be different. I don't normally go too deep into my story, I've realised. Ever since you said, Dust, let's do, a, let's do a Steve episode, I was like, Okay. I am a bit nervous, so but keen, keen. I'm sure hopefully there was there'll be some value in it as well, but we'll see. So those of you that listened would have been about say four or five episodes ago. We did a Matt episode. Uh, this is the Steve edition, and the nobody reason, listened to that one. Uh, yeah, was it our? Was it? How did it go in the listens? Was it? Uh, it's one of the lowest. All right, all right, but it's well, not, it's not, not the lowest. lowest. It's not the lowest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so. Let's see if we can break that record. Let's see if we can make Steve's the lowest listens. Lowest. I'd be happy about that. That'd so, be <laughs> the reason I want to go into this, and Steve, I think you know the reason that I want to go into this, is because over our friendship of the last four years, and more specifically our, our close business relationship over the last two years specifically, we have had some phenomenal chats over a good scotch. Uh, we're yet to include a cigar, but I think that would send it to a whole nother level. Mm. Uh, but we have said, had some fantastic chats on the road, uh, in aeroplanes, in hotel rooms, in you know, at basketball games. And we've gone deep into probably two particular worlds more than any other, and that's philosophy. And I would say the thing that attaches to that, which I know is dear to your heart, which is uh, religion, uh, Christianity mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. And I know personally I've learned a lot from you about it. I know I've sat and watched you have conversations with people and have learned a lot from that, and I know they've learned a lot from it as well. So I cannot see how our audience can't walk away from this one by the end of it with such a new piece of gold on on these two concepts that um, I know is going to help them in their life a lot moving forward. Having said mm. that, please expect that some challenges might come today because I know we've had the best chats when we realize we sit on two very different sides of the fence on some of these issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, not even issues, but you know, just these discussions. concepts, these yeah. discussions. And I think that makes for such well-rounded, argumentative um, questioning. I love it. So, as I said, this is going to be probably one of my favourite episodes to ever host. Um, So, I hope the crowd loves it as much as I selfishly will right now with my coffee sitting here comfortably. Thoughts, Matt? You pumped for this one? Yeah. You're not rocking the uh, the mint slice? No. No, no, no. Yeah, no mint slice. I think they they, they, they could be a regular sponsor of the show maybe moving forward. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, Matt, we could send some emails to Arna to be like, Hey, we got a, we got this podcast, mint slice cups, all around. I say, but let's let's dig in, Darcy. Also, I'm quietly just excited as well because then I know a Darcy episode's coming. <laughs> that that's gonna be a doozy. So somehow I'll slither it. my way out of that one. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> slippery snake all the way out. So, Steve, let's let's kick it off to give people a bit of a background on 
on how you see the world. Um, I, I would love to combine the two concepts of uh, your faith, first mm-hmm. of all, and then also your approach to business. Let's kick mm-hmm. it off with business first, because I know probably a lot of this will go into philosophy and faith. But when it comes to business, man, what does business mean to you? What, how do you see that world when you picture business mm-hmm. and yourself in it, in amongst it and connected through it? What mm-hmm. is business to you? What does it mean? Dig in. Well, well, like the short answer is I see them as being together and blended. And I think it's why it naturally comes up in so many discussions. I don't think I can separate business from faith. I don't think I can separate uh, what I do professionally from what I feel I'm on on this on this earth to do, and I suppose like to go into the backstory of that, like my upbringing and my relationship with God and how that was a rest, wrestling battle most of my life. I'll, I suppose I'll just dig into the yeah, backstory of how in, I like grew up, you know. So as a as a kid, I was um I was born in St George out west, and we moved to Highfields, not far from where I live now. When I was two, so I've always lived in in Toowoomba. I come from a academic family. My dad's an engineer by trade. He has spent his whole life working for the government. He's now retired. My mum was a teacher growing up, and uh, I was the youngest of three boys. So and my middle brother's four or five years older than me, um, and then my eldest brother's like seven years older than me or more, maybe not really good with the numbers, but I was always the little kid. And I was, for those that have seen my youngest daughter, Nora, like she's this really small framed little girl. And I was that as well as this little boy, right? Like this small kid. Um, I remember when my mum put my backpack on for the first time and walked me to school, other parents were like, oh, that's a bit heavy for him, isn't it? You know, like, so Runt, Runt Clayton was born. You didn't like comedically fall backwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Almost sitting there like a tortoise on its back Just with its <laughs> arms Almost. and legs in the air I just remember running, you know It was so big that it would be down below, below my bum And it would like slap on the back of my Whatever those things are Not very good with oh, they, Hammies? Not quite that far That's your hammy Not quite that far So it was as big as that And it kind of went to the back of my neck So it was like this big backpack But yeah, Runt, Runt Clayton was born and I actually quite enjoyed hanging out with older people. That's always what I enjoyed doing. Um, and so moving forward through those younger years, I also realized that I was quite a spiritual person before I was even aware really of faith, Christianity, whatever. And that was mostly just through what I now realize is discernment. Like I remember in grade four, I went to my my teacher and I said, I won't say his name, uh, but hello, Mr. B, uh, how are you today? And he goes, yeah, I'm good, Steve. And then that was the first m- moment I realized that people could lie because when he said, yeah, yeah, I'm good, Steve, I looked in his eyes and I'm like, you're not good at all. Like, it's almost like I heard a completely different story than the words that were said. And then I was like, man, what was that? And then I started to like press into that as a young child and I started to really see a whole new world that wasn't there, like a spiritual world that I think a lot of people are completely oblivious to. And that freaked the hell out of me, right? Like dreams, visions, uh, hearing things, like weird, weird stuff. I didn't like it at all. So had some really troubled times like sleeping. And could, you, could you feel it coming on or was it something that sort yeah. of snapped in out of nowhere? Or would no. you go to bed some nights being like, I think tonight's going to be a night where I'm going to feel quite uncomfortable in my dreams or I'm going to see things or... 
yeah, it come it comes on. My voice would speed up in my head. Mm. Uh, I would see a picture of this particular lady going deep on the podcast tape. Anyway, we'll go there. <laughs> saw this particular lady, and it and I saw her. She 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 would she would walk down the hallways and stuff in in our family home. It freaked me out. I'd have sleep Wait, paralysis. How old, how old were you? <sighs> It happened for years. I probably like from eight years old to like early teens. Wow. Um, and I kind of got used to it a little bit, but I very much had that ability to uh, empathize or discern what was going on in people or at least see what was going on. And so around that time as well, I kind of turned into the, to the jester as well. Because that was my coping mechanism with it. Mm. I thought, like, if I could be fun, if I could be the larrikin, if I could be the little man, as people used to call me back in the day, and, like, mum used to call me a mad aunt, I'd just run around and have a ball, you know? Mm. And that was, like, part of it, actually, my coping mechanism because the getting in that world and just entertaining and having fun was a good way for me to overcome some of those things. Anyway, long story short, I, um, I was involved in, in church and actually got prayed for and uh, by a couple of elders in the church and it disappeared. It was amazing. Like I'd never had that problem again, um, which was weird. It was so strange how that happened and that was really nice. But then I still had that discerning thing. And then all growing up, I, I kind of rebelled a lot as a kid uh, in early high school, um, started smoking heaps of drugs and then drank a heap and I got suspended when I was in grade nine and I, I eventually got expelled in grade 10. And that was like a pivotal moment where I was like, man, I've, <laughs> I've crashed my life and I'm 14 years old or something like that. Mm. And it was a big shakeup for my family because my, you know, my, my brothers and my mum, they're good people, you know, like they don't, they're not in that, in that sort of and even knowing you yes. now, man, like to know that you you were a kid that got expelled from school is just, yeah. you know, when I went to school, the kids that got expelled were like, man, that guy was trouble from the start. And now, like, I genuinely think like a lot of them have been, had their time in jail or whatever now, you know, like these are yeah. bad kids that, you know, had a rough lot in life. Yeah. Well, we we had, I had friends growing up in high school that are, that are dead now, like mm. dead they're not they're not here and they died quite soon and i've had others go to jail um it was a really terrifying point at the moment at the time that i got suspended and expelled i i that was a moment i like i was sick of lying because i was lying to my parents all of the time about it mm. and so i just like came real clean and i just like i said this this is what i was doing and mum and dad was working away a lot at the time and you know, beautiful parents that they are. They're like, what, what did we do wrong? Like, how did, was it us? Is it dad working away? Is it, and I'm like, no, no, no. I chose all of this. This is all on me. And that was the moment I was like, man, responsibility is really good for people. Mm. But that, that shot me in the foot because I was smart enough not to divulge to the police the supply chain because that's just bad news, right? Mm. Um, but I was smart enough to say to my circle of friends, essentially like, I'm done, guys. Like, I'm... I'm over this. This isn't this isn't the way I want to live my life. Now that got around and obviously some of the other supply chain got out and because I'd said that to my circle of friends, everyone thought that I ratted out everyone. Wow. So now I've got drug dealers hanging around the schoolyards with knives trying to, you know, because obviously one of them got thrown in jail and, and it was a mess. It was a, the messiest Man, time ever. I didn't ever. even know about this. 
yeah, yeah. I don't never say these stories. Like this is this is the past. But um, so all of that is saying I grew up very quickly. You know, I was a 13, 14 year old kid, but I was like, there's a big world out there, <laughs> and it's not it's not the way that I thought it was. But all through that, I was still going to church, and all through that, I was still going to youth group. And youth group's amazing for for kids growing up because it's a way that you can get around other people that have got similar values. Um, And God was after me. Like, this was the weirdest part. I could feel God say, like, come come to me. Like, I want to get to know you. Like, that that type of thing. It's a very pursuing thing. And all through that, I could feel that same, remember that previous like that feeling, that mm. spiritual thing, like, oh, this is real. This isn't just some fantasy in my head. Like, this is so real. Like, there's a whole new thing that we're tapping into here. And every time, like, I'd feel God get close to me and I just want to run. I was like, nah, I'm not about it. I don't want it. Nah, not doing it. And then he'd almost do a deal with me. He'd, he'd almost be like, yeah, all right, all right, no worries. And then the next week would come and he'd be like, and I'm like, no, nope, not ready. This this happened for years, battled, 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 until eventually I was just like, all right, I surrender, I give up, <laughs> I'm yours. And that was the moment everything changed in me because I started to see how in business we make it such a small thing. We make it, in, in my mind, I think we think business is just about making money, building a brand, marketing, all of that sort of stuff. To me, it's the ultimate vehicle for personal development and it's the ultimate vehicle to do something that is for a higher purpose. Um, And so that's why I blend the two. I think when I do business, I'm doing God's work and I think if I listen into that, hopefully we can create some amazing things that don't even come from me, so to speak, but through me. I know that sounds like super woo-woo and crazy, um, but that's the way I see the blending of business and faith. I think they have to be the same. Um, and man, it's only been recently that, well, just through knowing you, and we haven't spoken about this before the podcast is we suddenly bring up or whatever, but just in knowing you, it seems like you've only just become more and more comfortable with letting people know about your faith openly. Mm. You, like you used to say, oh, I just keep it to myself unless someone asks. Mm. But it seems more and more recently you've been uh, not afraid of hiding it. Would that be the case? Well, I think I, um, I still only ever talk about it when I'm asked. Um, I wouldn't have gone into this detail unless you came to me, Darcy, and said, let's do an episode just about you. Like, I still have the same uh, mechanism of wait for invitation and then respond. Mm-hmm. But what I've been probably more aware of lately is just being more aware of those invitations. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. what previously might have been just like, oh, that's just a deep conversation. Now I'm like, oh, hang on a sec. There's actually probably something a little bit more spiritual to this conversation that we might be able to explore um so that's what it that's what it is i've, I've never been one to go out there and be like here's my story and yeah here's my faith because i just don't think it's that effective from a <laughs> from a business like that's just, that doesn't work for me um but i've been a lot more aware of the invitations and i suppose that's why i might have been saying it a bit more yeah what do you find are the invitations how, how do you spot invitations in people they just when when you see people curious about something more than just the the four walls that you see in front of you. Um, I, I see it all the time when I go camping with mates and you look up at the stars and you get yourself into a state of awe and you're like, man, we're tiny. <laughs> That's an invitation. Mm. You know what I mean? Or you go to like, 
you go to an art gallery and you see something that is just so moving and inspiring. You're like, man, that's from somewhere else. You're like, that's an invitation. You know what I mean? There's so many of those opportunities that you get to where you're like, oh, it's, a, it's an invitation. It's an invitation in disguise. And when you're aware of it, you can do some amazing things. Now, that same skill set also applies to business. If we take it to business, there's invitations going all the time. Um, little conversations of opening up a discussion or networking with someone else or reaching out and connecting with someone. They're there all the time. I just, I haven't done a good job of being aware of them in the past. And mm. probably thanks to the sales game, actually, I've been on the journey of self-awareness and stopping and thinking. And yeah, it's pretty cool. Nice. What, uh, what do you think has been one of the hardest parts about that since the surrender moment, since, you know, going, okay, that, I'm going to, I'm going to back, back myself into this, this, and towards this, what has been some of the more difficult struggles you faced with that personally? The blending of business and faith? No, the, the, the adoption of faith as a core part of your identity. Well, the, 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 great, the, great, wrestle, the great wrestle that you get um, between, for me anyway, uh, a, serve, a, a way of being, how do I say it? The way I kind of see it is this, it takes a surrender moment to get to a faith position. It doesn't matter what you have faith in. All of us have faith in something, right? Mm. We, we all have faith in something that we believe to be true. Examples. That's why I love some people's faith patterns is that when the world ends, nothing happens. You have ah. to have an element of faith to believe that to be true. Uh-huh. Nice. Yep. In the same way, I believe that maybe when the world ends, something else might continue, you know, like well, you have to have an element of faith to do that. The difference though is when you surrender to something that is not, when you surrender to a God that is not you, things can orient themselves in order. And so the great battle that I still go to is when I don't want to do God's will, I want to do my own when I want to become God. And so when you want to be God, but then you also want to serve a God and surrender to a higher being that you can't fully understand nor ever will in the current human form, you can't do both simultaneously because they Mm. don't work. Mm. You can't say, I am the creator. And so is like God is the original creator, in my opinion. You can't say that I created the universe. That's a complete breaking of what it is. But that, that... I think that whether you put that in the context of religion or not, I think there's a a natural thing that we see in humans that when they want to become God, they cause some some ripping around them. Can you explain, because I I know a bit more about what you mean about this given the discussions we've had, but for those that haven't heard it before, what do you mean when you say when you want to become God? Yeah, so really the the, the classic saying, and, and this is like from a from a like a biblical point um the concept of not my will but yours be done now that is the ultimate form of surrender if i was to truly surrender to you das i'd say look i've got things that i want to do but not my will yours because you're (laughs) you know you're god right so really where the the god thing comes in is when you sit and go no not your will but my will now, if you get, even in a relationship, you get two people, like we're all, we've all got partners, you know, mm. you get two people in a room and both of them are like, nah, my will, my will, my will, not yours. That's a mini, mini example of what it means to have two people both lovingly serving each other. Mm. 
And as you both surrender to each other, that's how you get this nice little order, this nice little ecosystem. And the same thing happens with God. You know, like, he's not, he's not a big guy in the sky that's, like, here to smash you down and beat you up. Like, the God that I know is, is a loving God that knows you better than you'll ever know yourself. If he builds you, right? And so as you, as, you, as you surrender to that and you say, not my will but yours, there's this beautiful thing that happens where you get so much in return. You get to learn so much about things and weird stuff happens. And it's happened in my life over and over again, just weird opportunity after opportunity. So yeah, it's that, that kind of thing. That's the biggest battle I get, bro, is just I don't want to surrender. <laughs> I want to do it my way. Because um, it's kind of the same with everyone, right? Mm. Like how often in um, what what you guys teach, it's all about like making sure that you serve others' yeah. interests above above your own. And normally yeah. like that works out better in the long run anyway. It's, it's 100% like, and, and this is why I'm driven by exploring some form of objective truth as much as subjective truth because I'm finding it over and over and over again just evidence of these universal principles, these universal truths that seem to work in 2020 and that were still universally applicable 2,000 years ago. And I love exploring that because that's like a whole new world of like, mm, this is reality. This is true reality. Mm. Um, this is, th- I'm starting to make just even a small sense of this massive, massive, massive universe. And what typically happens when you oscillate between the two? So there's I'm God versus I, I serve a God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing that you, typically what will point you back from one over the other is actually a pain point. Yeah. So it becomes so painful to focus just on yourself that you're like, oh, I surrender back again to a higher power. Yeah. And if you surrender to a higher power, even that in itself will be a growth point where you're like, man, it's so painful not to just take care of me. I'm going to yeah. just quickly do what I want to do. And yeah. so you oscillate back the other way to that. What's that experience like for you? Is it typically, yeah. does it build up and then you surrender or do you have the mind to oscillate between the two? Or Yeah, I'm, I'm no good at it. Hey, like it's a forever battle. <laughs> <laughs> it really am. I'm not very good at it at all. But it's, it's a, it's buy, a my, form- buy my 10-week course on how to oscillate yeah. between the two. <laughs> yeah, swipe up. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a form of resentment. It normally shows up in a resentment of like... Um, I get what I want, but then when I get it, I loathe it. And there's, there's these great proverbs around this where I'm paraphrasing, but it's the concept of when I, when I make it about me, I'm always insatiably hungry and never full. Mm. Like I eat, 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 never full. Drink, 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 always thirsty. You can nev- you're never satisfied. You're forever chasing. And then what happens is I put myself into a state of resentment and burnout because I'm like, no, 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 I need to take care of myself. So I get out there and work, 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 work. But I, bake, I make it about me, 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 me. How do mm. I get mine? And guess what? You get it. But then you're like, okay, great. Now I've got millions of dollars. I've made millions of dollars and I'm still not where I want to be. I still wake up sometimes and I'm like, man, I don't really want to do this today. Mm. So it's not about the su- success or money then, is it? You know. And I don't want to turn that down. I think it's great to work hard. I think it's great to really really stretch yourself and work against your own limitations i think i think that's part of the human experience is grappling with your own limitations and pushing yourself into 
something that makes you better. You must be better after it. And I think business is the perfect vehicle for that. But I find when I, when I get things in order, meaning my highest intention is to wake up and do God's work, I get all the business stuff, but I'm satisfied. I'm con- not content, but I feel joy and fulfillment in my work. And so then it's, it, it's, it's an inner enjoyment of what you're doing. And here's the other thing as well that happens. When I try and make it my way, I overcomplicate it. I put extra roadblocks in that were completely unnecessary. I'm, I, I screw it up thinking that I'm making it better. But every time that I surrender, and Darcy, you've helped me to do this a lot, bro. Like, not only in faith, but just in business. To surrender, surrender to simplicity and all this sort of stuff. And I think that's also part of it. It just seems to flow then. Mm. Um, and, you know, knowing what we're building with the sales game at the moment, that's totally been evidence of just, all right, time to let go. And, mm. and, 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 and let, in my, in my opinion, God take the wheel. Let, let's, let's see what happens next. And it, and it, and it really it starts to blow up. You know, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And when that happens, when it starts to go so well, what is it that causes you to go back the other way? So you just said before, like, I, I feel fulfillment, I feel joy, I'm not content, but I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied. Um, that sounds like paradise. That sounds bloody great. But of course, <laughs> being human, our ego kicks in and something happens. What yeah. is it for you? At what point do you go, oh my God, this is paradise, but I'm going to sabotage that for a second. Why, why would we sabotage that? You lose trust. Tell me more. Like, you, like it's so good. You like this can't be this good. This can't be this easy. This can't. Yeah, be- I, this I can't possibly. And, and I, it, it takes me back to a to a Bible story that's interesting. And I, I'm no good at sharing Bible stories because I don't know all the names well enough and stuff. But it's the classic story. And and I think that I think a lot of the Bible is poetic by nature as well. So you can take like interesting uh, experiences out of the stories, whether you believe them to be literal or not. But it's a, con- it's a concept of Jesus is hanging out in the boat with all the disciples and Jesus is having a snooze. He's having a little nap. And they're out in the middle of the bay, like middle of the, middle of the ocean, and the storm starts coming out. No, sorry, the disciples are in there. And the storm comes out and the, they're freaking out. They're like, save me, save me, save me. And this is the whole Jesus walking on water story. And he calls one of the disciples out and he says, jump out in this. You can walk. You can walk on this water. Like, so beyond physics, beyond what you'd normally believe, he's like, come on out, you can walk on water with me. And he does, and he starts to walk on water, and all the other disciples are like, dude, that dude's legit walking on water. And then as he goes, he starts to lose doubt, he starts to lose trust, and he starts to think that he's drowning. And he, do- he does. <laughs> Jesus pulls him out. And I think that's a cool example of what it is. I think you take the surrender moment, and you're like, I'm diving into this. And then you start walking. You're like, man, I'm top on. This is going. And you're like, this can't be real. This, mm. this, this can't be. This, this has got to be too good to be true. Man, I better add some complexity to it. I better throw some mess into it. I better put my own agenda on top of it. And then you start to sink. And I see that happening over and over again. Uh, and I, like I said, I'm no good at it. I suck at it. And it's a constant battle of me putting my own thing instead of just letting it flow. Mm. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. Do you think that a lot of people take Bible stories too literally and therefore don't choose to use them in life? 100%. I think Jordan mm. Peterson has done the best thing ever for the Bible in the way that he's been able to share it. So many of the stories metaphorically 
and being able to teach people the pure, just awesome gold that's in it from even a psychological point of view. <laughs> like how you can use the stories to paint truths psychologically. There's, it's full of them. It's full of them. Um, and so, yeah, I think what, what they do is you're like, oh, really? You know, the earth is made in seven literal days and like, I don't know. I don't think so. But I think you can use that poetically. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I think all of it's usable and all of it's useful and 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 I think you can take it a lot of different ways. So yeah, I, I agree, man. I think I think a lot of people take it way too literally and then they throw the the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. probably leads us to the next probably the most contentious discussion you and I have, Steve, which is the difference between a uh, a universe made by a designer mm-hmm. and something else, i.e. whatever that may be. Some people call that Big Bang, but then your argument to that might be, well, who created the Big Bang? And, of yeah. course, we find ourselves at the ultimate discussion of human nature and the, yeah. but that, discu- that humans have been discussing forever and forever. We'll discuss forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, where did we come from? And yeah. I don't think we're going to find an answer to it. But, mm. um, you know, <laughs> I doubt, you know, if, if no one's found it, for you know, millennia before this, they're not going to find it on a Pursuit of Love podcast. <laughs> but uh, you know, what are your what are your perspectives on the idea of of uh, a grand designer, so to speak? Well, I think the I think I think there's plenty of you. I think there's plenty of evidence for it that I believe in science. I think science is a great indicator. Um, but as Diff said once on a, another podcast I was listening to that. Science is a lot about reducing things down to their constituent parts so you can make sense of what it is. Mm-hmm. And you can, you, can, you yeah. can make sense of its constituent parts, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you understand what it is, right? Mm. If I analyzed my daughter and I understood every cell in her, would I know Nora? Probably not, right? Mm. There's a chemical strain. So that, that's, that's the first bit of evidence that I think people are grappling with four things, um, and origin is one of them. Um, but why I think I've aligned to Christianity is that when you look at origin, meaning, morality, and destiny, they need to be congruent. And I think where we go wrong is we pick and choose origin stories, and then we pick and choose meaning, and then we pick and choose morality, and then we pick and choose destiny. But when you try and put them into one big grand narrative, they don't line up. Mm. Right? So, like, there is a God who loves me and... and you know, or I am God, but then when I die, nothing happens. Well then, okay. So you're not, (laughs) there's no omnis going on. You're not omnipresent. Mm. You're not omniscient. You know, so how do you define God then? You know, so you get into these big can of worms, but if we're talking about origin story, I think there's beautiful architecture in the way that life works. Like I'm looking out my window right now and I'm seeing trees, I'm seeing birds, I'm seeing a weird blue sky with a little thin veil that somehow keeps us alive with a perfect desi- we're a perfect destination away from the sun not too close not too far the moon's right it does the tide things all of the ecosystem of nature they all seem to eat each other in the right way and it always seems to self-work and it's just it, like if that was just a whole bunch of rocks put into a tub shaken really hard until something exploded um Man, what a fluke. It's, it's, either, it's either a miracle or it's a miracle, right? It's, it's a miracle mm. that it's been beautifully designed or it's a miracle that somehow that seemed to explode this amazingly large universe that we'll never possibly understand. 
and then somehow we're a blob of muscle with a brain that can somehow even half understand what it is mm. um, where no other animal seems to have that. There's no animals right now sitting on a podcast discussing these topics, you know, like, mm, so then when you talk about, of. that we that know, we know of. of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then when you add that man made in the image of God and Jordan Peterson has beautiful lectures on that, um, that we're made in the image of God, not, not just from a Christianity based point of view, but from like a way that people feel true fulfillment in that way and our ability to grapple stringent limitations, our ability to extend our potential, our ability to uniquely create it's insane. You know, it makes sense. Um, and I think that's where people go wrong. They, they, we are made in the image of God, but then we believe that we are God. They're two separate things. And I think that's where the big, the big, uh, the big wrestle happens. Mm. When you call it a miracle from both perspectives um, and you look at life and you say it's so extraordinary that, that this has been created, you call it extraordinary or you call it a miracle compared to what? Compared to compared to my ability to create. So okay, I'm gonna take this quite 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 literally for for a moment. The complexity of life is probably the most insane thing you could ever study, right? Like the fact that everything it just seems to work kind of perfectly it's really strange like and the more you study it the more you realize like man that's just perfect that kind of makes sense that's intelligent design whenever i try and do something by happen or chance or just dumb luck or just throwing things in it never really works out <laughs> right and so for that to be the context of this most intricate complex beautiful thing ever that's that's the contrast I'm, I'm I suppose I'm talking about is my ability to create if I if I were truly God is, is sucks like I'm a terrible <laughs> God like like I'm probably the crappest God ever um, right compared to like good luck try try and just make if you a, were God you were the God that created printers <laughs> yeah exactly like the only form of creation we have is to use the creation that was already here to create. The concept that there's nothing new under the sun, everything is simply a variation of what has come before. You cannot make something completely originally unique. <laughs> and so that even points to that there has to be original creator. There has to be someone that even builds the building blocks for us to use in the first place. Mm. Um, and so we go back, 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 back. We either get to a point that it was chance and luck or it was intelligent design and to me, I think there's far more evidence for intelligent design, intricate, beautiful, intelligent design. You can zoom in to the smallest microscopic part and you can zoom out to the broadest possible area and it all seems to work. That's pretty cool. You're not going to know the exact answer to this or the correct answer to it, but from your perspective, why do you think we're here? To do God's work. And what to, do you think that is? To serve his people. It's pretty simple at the end of the day. Like the way that we, like work is good for us. Like if you took a biblical story of Genesis, you know, like work's good. Work's good for people. We feel good when we work. Now the best way to work is to serve others. Oh, totally. Yes. And so I think, I think why we're here is you get on this earth, you've been given unique giftings and talents that are 
there's never been another you, nor there ever will be. That you have such a beautiful, intricate set of giftings, giftings and talents. Go on the journey of self-awareness to try and figure that out. Exercise them, explore them, surrender to what might come up. As you use them, you'll, know, you'll naturally be serving God's other children. And from there, it's this beautiful ecosystem that continues to work. And through that, you might be able to help people to point to more than just profit. That's, that's my... That's mine. That's why I think I'm here. Is just to to go on that journey. Nice. Have you have you been impacted by Steve's uh, concepts in life, Matt? Working for him. How long have you guys been actually working together? About two, two years, years? Year and a half? two and a bit years. Two and a bit. Yeah. 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 How's the experience been for you, Matt? Good. I don't know. Because <laughs> um, you are of Christian faith. Yeah. Yourself? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've um, like had my own set of struggles with it. I haven't got to the point where Steve's at where he can like as vocally speak about it, but mm. I've definitely enjoyed being able to be in the room with him having these conversations and getting a lot from it. Mm. What are the struggles you've run into yourself? Just that like, you know, keeping it, keeping it personal. Mm. How so? Tell me more. You got to go real deep to uh, to get there. Um, I don't know. That's a whole number. A whole another. That's episode. a whole long story. Matt episode yeah. number two. Yeah, yeah. Well, it <laughs> yeah, is fair a, enough. It's a weird thing to talk about. I think it's a weird thing to talk. Like I don't know. There's a there's a good long standing history of Christians getting bashed or killed for their for their faith, and I think that's still relevant a little bit today. But I'm noticing it's laying off a little bit that it's kind of a little bit more acceptable um to be able to openly talk about your faith and not be just ridiculed for it um it's very real and i I get it i'm sure there'll be christian people or maybe people that work did have some form of faith but realize that they it's safer to move away from it and i think Mm -hmm. that's a real shame but it is because you can get yourself in a social situation like um like like i was in in high school you know there's no way I was ever going to be talking about it there. Like, you know, that's far too risky. So you just keep yeah. it to yourself. And I think that's really, I think that's really common. But hopefully no, I've, had, I've had plenty of mates, Steve, that, you know, that when we were doing business together and are doing business together, I've mm. had plenty of mates. It was, it was actually quite interesting. And I can totally see how it happened where like word spread of like, Dust, so we've got to meet this Steve bloke. Supposedly, you know, he's real Christian. He's got a real interesting view on it. I want to have a chat to the guy. Like there, mm. it very quickly spread. Like it's a it's a talking point, mm. particularly today. I think because, you know, as the years roll on, I think the idea of religion is, I don't know whether it's lessening or whether it's due for a comeback or whatever. The trend think, is that is happening with it, but I think something's coming back. I think something's something's stirring. I think any time that humanity seems to go through monumental shifts, they often ask themselves what's really important what's what's meaningful mm. i think with this covid thing i think part of that's happening you know people have been stripped back to the bear and gone man what, what's left now what do we what do we focus on but with this whole new isn't it interesting does the whole like third industrial revolution is really starting to take shape now i was thinking about that's it this true. morning mm. that you know jeremy rifkin by the way go check out that uh documentary the third industrial revolution it's weird that like that's starting to take shape and you know, I think people are afraid of where technology is getting to and then I think that naturally makes people 
I don't know, explore other things. It's weird. But yeah, I, 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 I'm starting to see it starting to turn around a little bit. But where, yeah. are the in, where are the interests lying for you these days, Steve? Like combining business, faith, uh, and the amalgamation of the two mm. and that coming into sharper focus for you moving forward. What's the, what's the focus for you personally? What are you discovering about yourself? Um, I suppose the thing that I'm discovering is how when I can let go of that grappling nature of I have to be in control, when I kind of surrender to that a little bit, it's amazing how things just fall into place. And I suppose the thing that I'm learning about myself is it takes a ton of courage. You have to suspend so much disbelief. You have to selectively forget the past. You have to like, it's such a hard thing to do. Surrender is the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do, but it's the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and suppose, I suppose what I'm, that's the thing that I'm interesting. I'm interested in now is like, how do I, press into that more how do i how do i I, we'll we'll tell the funny story does like when we're in america doing the sales game thing that really felt to me like the most incredible like trip ever Mm. and every single day we surrendered to whatever the day had for us like we had no plans pretty much (laughs) and every day we're like that was one of the greatest days ever unbelievable next day couldn't possibly do it again. But it was like 21 days of just absolute... The best day ever. The yeah. best day ever. And I was like, mm, can I only do this in America when I'm like on a pseudo working holiday or can I try and introduce that into my broader life? Like, can I, can I do that on a day-to-day basis? Can I wake up? Of course, with some planning, of course, with some work, of course, with some sort of vision and aim and work ethic. But that concept of, I wonder if I could get to a point where surrender was one of my highest values. Where'd you be like, yeah, whatever happens, we'll see what happens, you know? Um, so that's, that's been hard. Um, and then battling with trust, I suppose. That's the next, okay. that's the next progression on from that is like trusting that it will work out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because, you know, on one side of my business, I'm winding it right down. So we have more time and ability to be able to work on the sales game. And that's even a whole big trust exercise, you know? Mm. Um, but it's through surrender that you can trust. So it's a, it's a weird battle, but yeah, you still wake up and you're like, man, am I doing this right? Like, so. And in a more uh, practical, tangible sense, Mm. what is it you're surrendering or what has surrender allowed you to realize about yourself as the talents and uh, traits that you want to double down on yourself? What are you learning from that perspective? I think, I think the, the, the tactical area or the, the practical level I'm working on right now is that I don't need to be the one doing all the really like heavy lifting here. If I just mm. triple down on my strengths and my yes. giftings and my talents, yes, the rest will take care of itself. Um, and so that's, I, I probably used to be the person like, oh no, I'll just do it myself. Don't worry about it. I'll just do it and just hold on to it. But I'm realizing like, that's not getting me anywhere. That's not getting me to the play a bigger game. So yeah, it's doing that. And then uh, also just trusting that if you do good work and do work that you're proud of, and, and, and I think you naturally do good work and work that you're proud of when you put it in the context that you're doing God's work. Um, like I find that I normally do my, be- my best work when I believe there's a higher purpose behind it than just the work itself. 
Um, so that's a little side note. But as you as you press as you press into that, as you do good work that you're proud of, that other people will share it. And so you don't even need to be the one doing all the heavy lifting of like, you got to get out there and make it happen. You know, like the hustle thing. I'm kind of like un- unlearning the whole hustle thing and go, no, no, no. Just yeah. do what do what God put you on this earth to do. Use the giftings that it, you know are yours. Those one, we've all got them. And here's the coolest part. Every single person has it. We've all got that thing where other people recognize it in this and you're like, oh, bro, you, that's so easy to you. Like you just, you just get that thing done. And you're like, half the time you feel like, oh yeah, but that's just, oh, I didn't really do that. It's just, I was mm. kind of, I just had, kind of had it, you know? It's like mm. when you're in it's high school. It's like a, get a bit of guilt can attach it is a bit to of guilt. Like, it's like, it's, I'm sorry that it's so easy for yeah. me. So I want to I want to encourage people to turn that around. If you yeah, ever if, yeah, if someone ever down, says like Das Matt you're just so like you're so gifted at this or you this comes so easy to you or like you do really really great work in this area like quit the guilt thing and just be like okay cool yeah I kind of recognize that too. It doesn't take as much effort. It makes me feel I lo- and a good sign of this is whatever you're doing that helps you to lose sense of time and space. Mm, Anytime awesome. you find yourself doing work and all of a sudden you're like Two hours went by, didn't even realize it. That's a good sign that that's the thing you should triple down into because mm-hmm. um, it's a transcendent, it's transcendent work. I think anytime you can get yourself into work where you transcend time and space, well, now you're, now you're working spiritually mm. um, because when you, when you don't have time constraints, essentially you can get so much done and you feel energized after it <laughs> instead of, isn't that the perfect recipe? Work super hard at something where you lose all sense of time and space so then you can keep working hard and at the end of it, you feel inspired to do more. Like yeah. that's an unfair yeah. advantage. That's what you're here to do. That's mm-hmm. what you're on this earth to do. And I bet you as you press into that and you do more of that, guess what? You're going to be serving other people at the highest possible level and that's when you can literally enhance people's lives and you can make the world a better place. And so like that's the most courageous thing you could do. It's like working in a flow state. Working in a flow state, yeah. yeah. And I think the flow state is there as an indicator that this is your giftings. These are your talents. These are the things that you love. Do more of that. And then guess what? People will come around you with their giftings and talents and unique things that they lose all time and space of. And they'll be like, oh, Das, your writing is unbelievable. I just love grammar. Grammar is my thing. Like, I'll do grammar all day. And like, I love your writing, but can I get around you with the grammar side of things? And then Matt turns up, he's like, love telling stories, man. I reckon this is a great story. Let's turn this into a story, you know. And then you start to see how it all works together. And when it all works together, you're like, this is perfect. This is, this is sick. And that's, that's, that's when you roll out of bed and just stoked. You ever find it's easier to like trust the surrender or uh, steer the course when other people are telling you not to do it? Mm. Like, like as soon as someone tells you that that's the wrong thing you should be doing, then it all of a sudden becomes a lot easier for you to be like, "Nah, that's that's actually right." I actually, I actually get a lot, a little bit. I sometimes use it as fuel. Depends who they are. If there's someone that yeah. I want to beat, I'll just use that as fuel. Um, well, like when, when, <laughs> I'm pretty competitive. <laughs> like like when uh my partner and i on a diet and she says i'm really having sugar cravings all of a sudden it's a lot easier for me to uh, not eat that sugar yeah yeah you can, <laughs> you can use it as healthy competition no, i do use it as healthy competition 
Um, but when it's really aligned, I, I normally find I don't have anyone else in my head. Mm-hmm. Do you ever find that, Darcy? Like when you know, when you when you're fully aligned to what it is that you want to be doing, the pursuit of your love, have you noticed that all of a sudden you don't have anyone else's head voices in your head? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I, I I've only just discovered that. Maybe it's because you know, maybe I was running down paths that were for a facade or something. I don't know, but. That's an interesting question, Matt. Yeah, I think there's two sides. I think there's the competitive angle that you can use. Like, I used to always love it. Like, you can't do that. I'll be like, all right, I'll show you. Mm-hmm. I think that's one part. But I also think when you fully get, when you know that you know that you know, mm. there's no other voices there other than, all right, get into it, you know. Let's let's go for it. So Nice. Hey, Steve, yep. guess what it's time for? Lunch. <laughs> Got two cracking questions for you. I'm not even prepared for these questions. There we go. I'm Ooh. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to give this a crack. Okay. Okay. Let's give this a go. <laughs> hey, Steve. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for you. What wait, do you do the first one or the second yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. I do the second one. Do you want to have a crack at the first? I think one? I've got to get it word for word. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I was getting okay. too nervous then to actually do it. No, no, no. I feel like okay. I'm stepping on his territory. <clears throat> hey, Steve. Yo. What is something you know or have come to believe is true that you think most people will disagree with? Solid. Is that close? <laughs> yeah. That's what close. is something you've come to know and believe to be true that you know a bunch of other people simply disagree with? Okay. Is, uh, oh, man. I love that you haven't even prepared the question. I really haven't. I'm just going to take first thoughts. Actually, no, that'd be the second one. What's something you come to know and believe to be true that you know a bunch of people disagree with? That as you go about your day, your normal every day, getting coffee, working, talking with your friends, family, there is an unbelievable unseen world going on around you all of the time. That when you are aware of it can make your small problems very insignificant. (laughs) Nice. And how long have you believed that? How long have you been like, that's what I've come to realize? Ever since I looked into that grade four, Mr. B's eyes, and yep. realize yep. that what people are talking about, what people are marketing, what people are saying, the way people are operating, navigating through this life, most see it as a very two-dimensional. But to me, it, 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 there's, there's so much of an unseen world going on right now mm-hmm. that when you tap into that and be aware of that, you realize the things that you're complaining about, the problems that you've got on a day-to-day basis, the things that you thought were a big deal are completely insignificant. Well said. Nice. And, and this is why I just, I, I, I can't tolerate complaining about things that aren't important. And, and I, I normally come across to those people as being really cold and, and cynical and brash and sometimes judgmental, but it's because of that. I'm just like, it's such a bigger world here. <laughs> why are you talking about this? Um, and I think most people go through their days without seeing that unseen world. Nice. Second question, Steve. What is something you currently hold 
and believe to be true, but that you sense yourself starting to let go of? That you need to be hyper-competitive to be successful in business. Oh! That's a big one. Jeez, go on. That's a doozy, man. That was that was a that's a hammer that's only dropped recently for me, bro. Yeah, I used to believe like I love it. I love reading like strategy, and I love reading like all all the stuff that you can dig into on how to win, man. Like how to how to create leverage, and I love all of that. And I think they're good principles to know. Um, and I thought that that that's how you win. You become hyper competitive and you smash it. But I'm starting to realize like there's so much room for all of us <laughs> and mm. we could get so much further together through collaboration than playing our little competitive games all the time. Um, nice. And so I'm really starting to let go of that. I'm, I'm starting to now go like, who can, who can I get around and, and, yeah. and who can all come on the journey on this together? Because then we can all all do our part you know and as a whole it'll be so much better and i think real i gotta i gotta thank both of you boys for this because you've taught me a lot of this as far as letting go letting people use their creative talents you guys have got your own giftings and talents and i just need to get out of the way a lot more um and you know thanks for being super gracious for the years i'm like no it's gotta be this way it's gotta be that you know (laughs) now I'm, i'm getting a lot more chilled and uh and good work is happening. So thanks, boys. Thanks for it. the episode. No worries. Steve, Clayton, thank you for joining us on the pursuit of love. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say, Matt? Is there anything anything we want our listeners to go do? Any questions we want to send in? Anything happening? I'd, I'd love for people to send us questions. Mm. Uh, All right. Hasn't, keep them hasn't coming. Happened, hasn't happened in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Probably because um, we haven't asked for it. Matt yeah. at ybravo.com. Matt. Matt. W H Y. Matt. 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 A V O dot com. M A T T at 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 ybravo.com. Matt. 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 Send us your questions. Matt at ybravo.com. Because we'll answer them. And Darcy episode coming up. All right. I'm keen. I'm ready. Thanks, boys. Cheers.